Welcome to the Hydrated Mindset Podcast. I'm Chris Miller, your host. Uh, the show that is business in the front, party in the back. This week, we have Derek Wolf on the show, Super Bowl champion, Denver Bronco legend, and all-around good guy. That's the other thing. Once you have a kid, the, the pain of not having those parents, like even it hurts even more. Mm, you're like, how, the, how the hell could you treat a kid Why? like that? How? Yeah. <laughs> like, how could you have put your hands on me? Or Yeah, just like beating the shit out of me. You know, yeah. like, how can you... Cho- he, he choked me until I pissed myself before. Like, Fuck. Like, God damn. You know, as a young kid, like, how can you do that to somebody stick around in the show too to find out what everybody's wondering with Derek wolf what's next i want to get into some media um i'm doing a lot of hunting uh hunting has been a good transition for me because we were talking about the camaraderie earlier yeah when you go into a hunt camp with a couple guys you know i mean there's camaraderie built in that camp this show is incredible. Derek goes deep into his childhood, and um, this show is amazing. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. So I hope you listen to the whole show, because at the end, we're giving away a million dollars. Like and subscribe. That's not true, but you got to hear this story. Yeah. You want to bring us in? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get in, Maddie. You know what to do? Here we go. We tell the truth. With the homeboy, yeah, Derek Wolf. Oh, yeah. We're on the hunt, get it done. He walked in the studio and whipped out his gun. Uh, and we blasted all day. Hydrated Mindcast Podcast Day. Oh. Hey. Okay. All right. We had an intro, Maddie. That was a good one. Thank Derek, you. That was Derek Wolf dome. in the studio today. Good to have you, buddy. We've been uh, chatting for a while now. Excited to have you on the show, in the office, in the studio. Uh retired yeah yeah man thanks for having me by the way man. bro it's, so good to have you i'm trying to get on here for a minute we've been trying to make it work you know chris has been you know he's like he's like Teasing does this you. day work does that way work and then it's like oh this day doesn't work now so now we're now let's I'm go here. let's do it now that you're Did we just become best friends yep absolutely <laughs> let's go now that you're Wanna retired karate in the, busy <laughs> karate in the garage <laughs> there's so much more room for activity there's so much room so bro retirement uh this is a topic i i've i've i don't know why it comes up so much on this podcast i think because we're around some longing for it yeah (laughs) that maybe maybe subconscious (laughs) cry for help uh it's a freudian uh slips yeah i'm asking it's a cry for help um no i just have this huge heart for guys who retire because i remember even when i was done in college i felt lost i felt and it was one of the things i was just telling derek before the show we used to teach finance at mini camps for rookies coming to the NFL. And I was telling D that it's crazy how many of these guys didn't even know how to open a checking account. Um, so I have a huge heart for guys in the league. Cause I didn't feel like I got a lot of help coming up. And I feel like if I would have had a better father figure or coach, I would have made it a lot further. Uh, and then I have such a huge heart for guys like who fight and play combat sports who leave the game and no one's really teaching anybody what's next or how to, how to just do it well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it happens with these guys in the military as well. Mm, these guys, yeah. these guys leave and they're like, you know, what do I do now? Yeah. So, you know, they, they leave all busted up and banged up. And yeah. You think a part of it too is leaving your, sorry, buddy. Do you think it's like leaving your crew? Like now you're like, cause we talked about it on podcast once that I think men need men's groups. Oh yeah. That's why Jesus Absolutely. had 12 disciples. It's you need your homeboys. And I think, I think when guys end it and you're not in the gym anymore and you're not around your crew, there's a part of you that dies a little bit oh, that yeah. you have to plan for somehow. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why I'll tell you like the locker room that like, there's nothing like a locker room, yeah. the camaraderie of the locker room, the, the camaraderie of the gym. The it's never even nice either. People are like just making fun oh, of you. We're just like, giving each other a like, hard happy time birthday. Time. Fucking douchebag. Like, yeah. This guy never forgets my birthday. <laughs> this guy's awesome. Yeah, I love this guy. It's a term of endearment. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Generous comeback. It's like, Oh, it's a great. Yeah, thank you, man. I love, love you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So and it's funny. Cause then I'm now my home all the time and I'm like trying to bust my wife's chops. She's like, no, I don't like that. Don't she do turns that. into fights. Wait, what were you saying about the locker room though? Like there's a, special um there's something special about it yeah you know because you know traveling to games you're on buses you're on planes you're you know you're spending you know 90 percent of your time is just like you know messing around goofing around getting ready for you're you're always like getting ready to get ready you know and it's like you're with your guys you're with like 53 different dudes in that in that locker room in the in the league and you know every year the team's different so you make new friends every year and it's like you miss that right like uh during covid it was terrible because like we have to go play the game still, but we didn't get to like build the, com- build the like chemistry between yeah. us, you know? So you're just out there like doing a job. Did they shut down the locker rooms during that? Oh yeah. We were like in the that. locker, in and out, 
in and out. Really? In and out. There was no like, you know, and everybody's got a mask on and there was like little dividers and only so many people could be in there at a time. It was like super, super weird. Man. You're like, you know, we rode a plane and a bus here together. Too, yeah. Right? We rode like, a, we need yeah. the plant. And the in practice, you're glass. just like spitting on each other. Yeah. You're just like sweating. <laughs> you can't snap a towel with social distancing. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, you can't, I don't know. It was just weird. The whole thing was weird. Was there ever a divide with the whole shot thing in the, in the, in the locker room? Or did guys just accept it and go, who fucking cares? I mean, it was, here's the thing. Like I, I, I refused to get it. I wouldn't yeah. get it. I wouldn't get the shot and me not get, there was a small group of us, but the pressure from the organization and the coaches to like do that, you know, it was, was huge on guys. Cause it was, a, you know, it was like a, it was one of those things where it's like, if there's two guys and they're the same, they're the same quality of player and one guy's vaccinated, one guy's unvaccinated, the vaccinated guy's getting the job. Yeah. They made that very clear. Was wow. it, did it create beef on the team? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I don't, th- I didn't feel that. I didn't, I didn't recognize any of that because we were still able to like practice yeah. and everything, but it was like, it was crazy. We'd be out there practicing. And then as soon as we took our helmet off, we had to put a mask on. It was like, which again, if you're hitting on the line, you're just spitting and sweating. Oh, you're and- just, <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. single player just ramming into each other. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, I, did, I didn't think it made any sense. A lot of the stuff didn't make sense. Some guys got choked out though. When Menelik was here, he was saying because of his situation, it wasn't that he got deported. It was, uh, he couldn't get back into the country and then missed OTAs. Yeah. And then he basically said it was the end of his career basically. Yeah. Just cause he wouldn't do this thing. Yeah. Well, so 2019, I had the best season. I was having the best season of my career. 2019, like year eight. I was dominating, leading the team in sacks here in Denver and I dislocated my elbow and you know, everybody's like, don't worry, it's going to be all right. You put the good, you had great film and this and that, like, but then COVID hits lockdowns hit. Mm. Can't go travel. Wait, to can I team. back up? So you're, so when you, when you hurt yourself, you're like, fuck now I'm at jeopardy of losing my spot. No, I was in a contract year. Mm. It was the end of my contract with the Broncos. Uh, so I'm like, I'm looking to re up with the Broncos or mm. looking to re up somewhere. I really want to stay here in Denver, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's a business and, you know, staying with one team is just unrealistic yeah. anymore, you know? So I was, so there was some anxiety on your yeah, end. And I yeah, was yeah. hoping to get another big deal. I was like, I'm playing great football. Like I'm really good shape. I'm feeling good. And do, boom, dislocate my elbow. I was, uh, I was really upset, heartbroken really. And, uh, uh, I couldn't get any, I couldn't go see any teams. I couldn't go see their doctors so they could like see that I was all right. So, oh, that's right. I didn't because know what to COVID. do. Because yeah. Because of COVID, they yeah. wouldn't run. I wasn't camps. getting any action. None. Mm. I was getting zero action. And I was like, I don't know what to do here. And my wife was like, why don't you just post a video of your training and see what that does? So I was like, all right. So I post a video of me just like busting out 160 pound dumbbells. Like, look, my elbow's good. Yeah. Yeah. And next day teams were calling. No shit. I was like, this is wild, you know? But it was like, they didn't want to offer me anything big. They were like, I'll give you a one year deal. Just to like come in and see how you are. And yeah. So I went to Baltimore and well, shout out to Abigail. Yeah. The, she's a uh, life, life coach yeah. turned you into an influencer. Oh yeah. She's Let's go. Yeah. She's, uh, you know, my, a lot of my success after, you know, the age of 25 is, is because of her for sure. Like you ever heard that saying behind every great man's and even greater wife. Oh yeah. Or greater woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a great woman. That's awesome. So, so what's like in your head? Are you, are you nervous for retirement? Are you not really? What's the emotion been like? I saw the standing O at, at training camp, which was awesome. Yeah. That was uh that brought a little bit of tears to my eyes. Cause I had my daughter in my arms and stuff and she's yeah. going to see that. And she's like, are these your friends? <laughs> like, yeah, they're my friends. You know? Yeah. But, uh, how cute, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely like, I'm definitely, I was ready to be done. You yeah. Know? Like I had two hip surgeries this year. Uh, uh, labrums were ripped off the bone, um, low back issues, um, you know, shoulder and necks, my our neck and shoulders is, are both, you know, tore up pretty good. So I was like, it's time. I'm just going to go out there and wreck myself even more. It's time yeah. To it. It's a heavy price. Yeah. It's you a heavy price. Your body. You're sacrificing your body every, every play because it's a violent up, up in the trenches It's violent. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, on just a bit outside this morning, we were talking about, um, taking steroids should you should you not i think every athlete should <laughs> uh i want to see the biggest fastest people in the world uh but we were also talking about you know with menelik in here and then uh, you coming in um 
how crazy it is. Cause I was asking the question, um, you know, cause he was saying it more people might get hurt and people get too big. And I was like, dude, there's kids coming out of high school now that are fucking three twenty five, huge who run four, seven forties and shit. The guy from Georgia who just got drafted. I forget his name already. Number 99. Oh yeah. We were Jordan Davis. Like, yeah. yeah. 50, four, seven, 40. See, yeah. I, I was saying, I, cause I was arguing it's already, we've already evolved to this point where people are so big and burly and fast, which most people don't get. We've talked about this a bunch. Like how much athleticism is on an NFL field when it happens? I mean, it's, it's, uh, we had Lamar, you got Lamar Jackson out there. When I was in Baltimore, I got Lamar Jackson, you know, I mean, look, this he guy's a, a freak. freak, but then you go back to the 2015, 2016 Denver Broncos, our defense, yeah. look at our defense. Oh, look how many, we got four or five hall of famers on that defense. Where you, who else was on, um, Vaughn Miller, Vaughn, Vaughn Malik uh, Jackson, Danny Trevathan, Akib Tlaib, Chris oh, Harris yeah. Jr., TJ Ward, Darian Stewart. Gangsters. I mean, you can just keep going. It's just like, you know, Shaq Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was winning the games. You know, you we were had, shutting everybody down. Yeah, we were locking it down, man. It was like, and that that's that was the, the other thing. You know, that team, the camaraderie on that team, like no everybody was out to win. Like yeah. we wanted to win. Yeah. We didn't care about any of the individual accolades. It was about winning. Yeah. And when you play that way, everything works out. You know, like it'll work out for you. Like if you do what's best for the team in that moment and win a Super Bowl, everybody's going to get paid. Yeah. And we all did. Everybody got paid. That was a good year. So for retirement, uh, nervous about it? Excited? I would say, I, would, I wouldn't say nervous. I would say anxious. I'm just anxious. like anxious for like the next, like what's really going to happen? Like what is actually going to, um, what am I going to like focus all of my energy on? Yeah. Because, you, uh, you know, I've focused all of my, since I was seven years old, all of my energy has been focused on one thing. Yeah. Just Do you feel day. any sadness? No. No? No, not at all. Left it all on the field. I left it. I don't no have regrets. any regrets. No. Like, I don't regret. I, mean, I, there's no, I can't say here. I, I do. I try to even, I try to make myself feel that, feel it. Like, is there one thing I could have done different? No. I, I played as hard as I could and trained as hard as I could and took advantage of every opportunity I possibly could so, the whole time. And what more could you have done? You know, you've got no. the Super Bowls. You made the NFL. You had a full career. It wasn't like you went two years out. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't think there was much more left for you to do other than just keep racking up Super Bowls. Yeah. That's what, I mean, and that was the other thing. I didn't feel like I was, uh, you know, that, that's why I wanted to keep playing anyways was to try to win another Super Bowl. And I think maybe if I didn't win a Super Bowl, I'd be still chasing that. Yeah. Cause I, you know, like a Calais Campbell, right. He's going into year 15 and he's like, and I'm like, he's got a pile of money. I'm like, why do you, what are you still playing for? You know, he's like, Oh, I want a Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I get it. You know? And, uh, once you win one, it's like and now I want another one, you know, but, but now that I had, now that I have one, I don't feel that like mm. that need to go get one. Uh, the one thing that I, that I, uh, I wish that I would have done a little different was I wish I would have like really networked while I was playing. Mm, what because, do you mean? Uh, like, I wish I would like, there was a lot of times where I didn't go do something. Cause I was just like, I need to go train. I need to do this and to do that. Yeah. I wish I would have done a little more networking, but maybe if I would have done that, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't have been in as great a shape as I was because mm. I was missing workouts. What do you mean? Like what would be an event where you could have networked that? There's just like, Oh, there's all these events that you, these, all these charity events you can go to as a player, like the team puts on and stuff like that. And I just like, I would go to some of them, but I didn't go to all of them. And I didn't like, it, here's the other thing. There's when you're in the league, there's a game inside of the game that you have to play. Mm. Right. And what it's, is it? It's a, it's a, the politics, politicking the game and an, and an ass kissing game that I just, I'm not good at. Would you say Peyton Manning is one of the best at that? Peyton doesn't kiss anybody's ass. That's the they thing kiss about his him. ass. They kiss his ass. No, I mean, okay, so not ass kissing, but he's a Networking. he's a consummate he's politician. A, yes, yeah, he's great at like selling himself. You know what I mean? Being himself and people like him. So, you know, and that's the other thing. The first couple of years in the league, I didn't know who the hell I was. I was trying to figure out who I was. Yeah. You know, and even even you know, it probably wasn't until like year six or seven where I really like settled into who I really was as a person, who I wanted to be, and what kind of man I wanted to be, and then. I would say 2019 when I had my daughter is when I really settled into like, this is what's important to me. Mm. You know, being, being, I have to be the kind of man that I want my daughter, like, yeah, I want my daughter to marry somebody that I approve of. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got to be that example. And that was like, I've heard most men don't fully. So there's an argument to be made. When are you really a man? And one argument I've heard is until you have a child, you're, you're just kind of a teenager still yeah. you're in your spirit. You're, you're just kind of self selfish and yeah. you're not really selfless. And I think the idea of an amazing world is people. Imagine if you could take people from 
I think about myself 99% of the time to I think of other people 10% of the time, even that 9% shift would change the globe, right? Yeah. I've, uh, uh, it was Jordan Peterson. Until you have a kid, you are not a full mature adult male. Right. Is essentially I, what he was saying. I, I feel like a that. teenager. Mine's this. Cause I have all of you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I do. I agree with that because you know, especially like think about it. I've, I've been playing, I played the same game since I was seven years old, ended up making a living doing the same game. And I used to have this argument with my wife. She's like, you need to grow up, you know? And I'd be like, I play a child's game for a living. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you expect? You know? And she's like, you need to grow up. It's time yeah. to grow up, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? But once I had my daughter, you know, cause I, um, cause when I have a stepdaughter as well and, but it's a little, it's a different dynamic there. Cause we're more like friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm more like a, like, I'm not like her father, you know, I'm more like her, her, like her, like big, her friend, you know, yeah. like she's going to come to me for advice and stuff like that. And I'm going to support her and anything she does. But when you have a baby that is like so innocent and can't like provide for themselves, can't eat, do, can't take a shit, can't do anything yeah. by themselves and you are responsible for them and you like, they will die if you don't take care of them. That's like a whole nother responsibility that I've yeah. never felt. And it's like the most rewarding thing ever. Like just when your daughter takes their first steps or whenever mm. they, you know, say their first words and, you know, read their first word, you know, they start doing like, you're like, Oh, my kid's the smartest kid in the world. You know, it's like yeah. that feeling is unmatched, you know, and uh, it, it makes you grow up. You have to, right. You know, you, you and there are a lot of guys don't, you know, I didn't have a father growing up. You know, I had a stepdad that like to beat the shit out of me and that's what I had, you know? Mm. So that's all I had as a kid. So I was like, I got to be the total opposite of that, you know, be completely supportive and uh, loving and you know, all that stuff. So it, it was just, I don't know. It's the, the, that's the other thing. Once you have a kid, the, the pain of not having those parents, like even it hurts even more. Mm, you're like, how, the, how the hell could you treat a kid? Why? Like that? How? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I can't even imagine, like, I don't even like, I, I can't, I don't even like get, I don't even get angry at my daughter. Like, I'll just be like, all right, we're going timeout. Like, yeah, that's all yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just like threatening timeouts all day and never. You mean the idea of like, how could you have put your hands on me or yeah, just like beating the shit out of me? You know, yeah. like, how can you, ch- he, he choked me till I pissed myself before. Like, Fuck. Oh, damn. you know, as a young kid, like, how can you do that to somebody? You did know? you ever, did you ever, there was, how big were you in high school? When I was in high school, my senior year, I was six, five two eighty. Oh Jesus, bro! <laughs> yeah. You're one of the guys Fuck. we were just talking about, you know. Yeah. No, I uh, I was I was gonna ask if the tables ever turned. Did you ever? Because uh, there was a moment with my stepdad. He didn't beat me or anything. My 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 dad died when I was young. He was an alcoholic, never around. Even though I was standout in sports and all that, and I always used to I have issues because of it. We all do have daddy issues. Um, <laughs> it came to a head once with my stepdad because in high school I was over 200 pounds and six I don't know whatever, and uh, yeah, I picked him up once by the neck and pinned him against the wall and punched the wall next to him. And I was like, you're not in charge anymore. Yeah. This is uh, my house. Yes. Yeah, so when, <laughs> when I was like 13 or 14, um, cause I did, I used to just like, my mom was a drug addict and alcoholic yeah. as well. Um, she's doing better now, but you know, we really don't talk a lot cause it sucks, man. she kind of put me, she let people take advantage of me and hurt me. And mm. you know, as a mother that your job is to protect yeah. your kids, you know, like no matter what. If there's, especially if there's no man in it. Do you it. think she was abused as a kid? She was, yeah, mm. she was. So she just repeated the cycle, you know, just allowed the cycle to be repeated. And um, so I was like, she was like, I wasn't staying with her. She was like doing her own thing. So I'm like staying with my stepdad sometimes and he would like throw me out and then I'd like live on a couch, somebody's couch and then this guy's couch. And I got, I was just jumping around all the time. Um, you're like, and I you're like 13, like staying with friends and shit. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I had no oh. rules, none, yeah. zero rules. Like I just did what I wanted all the time. Bro, do you realize the odds of you getting to this place are Incredible. like one in 50 billion? I don't, I didn't like, that's the thing. It like, as it was happening, I just didn't even really, I don't know. I didn't Does have that rules. You I now? always felt like I was lucky because I didn't have rules. Do you I ever wake up sometimes and go, fuck. Yeah. Like I won the lottery. Yeah, I do. I'm I like, was literally having that thought this morning. I meant to tell you that I like Gene and I were having this conversation that, you know, the, the lifestyle we live now makes us royalty. To, to, to go to a restaurant and have someone make you food would have made you royalty. Royalty, yeah. No, people, there's still people in this world who go to bed hungry and will never have a nice steak they, dinner. Somewhere. They can't even, I mean, like, we can drink the water at, like, you can drink the water out of your, yeah. at your house, right? Like, you can. I was going down that rabbit hole this morning in my brain and I was like, you are so lucky. I didn't get a LeBron portion. I call them portions. I didn't get LeBron's portion, <laughs> but I got a good fucking portion. Yeah, and right. I think too many of us wake up every day and don't recognize like the odds of us making it to this room together 
should make you pop out of bed and just be fucking Absolutely. psyched. Like yeah. just it's amped. gratitude, right? Like a lot of people are living like ungrateful for what they have and they're thinking about what they don't have. Bro, it's crazy you they're got like, this far. It is wild. So did you at that time, <laughs> 13, 14, were you like lashing out? Were you fighting? Were you like uh were you pissed off? Did you already know what was could you conceptualize sort of what was happening at that moment? I mean, I, yeah, I was pissed. I was very angry. Like I was a very angry kid. Like I didn't take shit from anybody. Yeah. And that was, the, I mean, I, my stepdad bred that into me. Like if somebody like, you don't take shit from anybody. Yeah. You know? Cause uh, like, you know, he just, he was a, he was a mean guy. He was like six, three, two eighty five. Like he was a big dude, you know? So when I was like 13 or 14, he like gets, I don't know. I was gone for, I was just like staying in other places for like three or four months. And in that three or four months, he, gets remarried to some lady and he's like opens up to me. tells me he wants me to come back and stay with him and this and that. And I'm like, okay. And he was living in like pretty section eight housing. He was living in a tiny little apartment with, I had a half brother and a half sister. And he was like, you could sleep on a couch and you know, whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like the second day I'm there, like this lady starts giving me attitude about washing dishes. Like I was like, I didn't even eat any of this food. I'm not Uh, washing all these dishes. You wash them. Yeah. And she's like, all right, we'll see what he, we'll just see what your dad says when he gets here. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. He just, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, we'll see. And then he comes home. Uh, I was like, I was doing like math. I was copying somebody's homework or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I definitely was not Maddie's doing yeah. homework. Yeah. I definitely wasn't doing my own if homework. It, if it was math, that's for sure. So I'm like doing the homework and he comes in there and my hair was a little bit longer. And he like, he was like, uh, Hey, you gonna wash these dishes? I was like, no. And he grabbed me by the back of my hair. When he when I felt him like lift me by the back of my hair, fuck. I just turned and dumped him and took him to the ground. And I like put my hand on his chest and went to hit him. And he was like, go ahead. And I was like, you're not worth it. And I got up and he was like, don't ever fucking come back. And I was like, all right, see ya. Wow, man. So I left, took my I grabbed a I grabbed my duffel bag. I lived out of a duffel bag anyways. I grabbed my duffel bag, you know, with my one pair of jeans, my pair, my cleats and uh, a couple t-shirts and bounced, toothbrush and left. Where'd you go? Um, I ended up, I stayed with a couple people here and there. And then I ended up, uh, landed on a, a, this family took me in they lived on a cattle farm, black Angus, black Angus cattle farm. And they're like, we'll put you to work give you a place to stay, feed you. And you still close with them? Uh, not really uh. you know, a little bit, but not, yeah, it's just, just life, man. You just kind of, you outgrow Drift people. Apart. Right? Yeah. You yeah. Just outgrow people. So you, you went through that all through high school and then, uh, obviously played it since then. So the whole time in high school, no real like family unit. No, I mean like, my whole life there was not a real family my i mean my child i went to seven different elementary schools wow you know we were like always bouncing around um like i said my mom my mom's got like five or six duis like she's never allowed to drive a car again yeah you know so it was like the cops were always at our house for domestic violence the um you know my mom my mom was she would sleep around a lot you know like yeah so he was like always you know i remember i was like 11 years old he threw me in the car we went picked my mom up for some dude's house and he beats the guy up and comes back to the car, shattered. He like spiders the windshield on his way to the car and jumps in the car, takes us home, takes me home and say, takes me into their room and gives me a trash bag and tells me to put all our clothes in the trash bag and throw them in the yard. Jesus. So I put all our clothes in there and threw them in the yard. Like he told me to. So Man, I mean, that's just the kind of like, it was just, you know, I used to just ditch school and like, what do you think? Uh, I'm always really interested in this moment of, I don't know if I would have made it through that. Uh, meaning how do you, how do you reconcile like not going the other direction? Like, what do you think was football. in you football, your boys, yeah. the crew? Yeah. Well, it was football. I loved football. And that's the thing I went to, I played for all these different teams. It was never, I never really had, I didn't have friends growing up. Because, you think if you would have played for the same team, you probably would. I mean, Cincinnati is big, but do you think you would have been drafted or recruited by a bigger college? If I went to a bigger high school and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, you know, I was just such a, I was just such an angry kid like i was just so pissed off all the time and it was like i had all these uh these red marks you know whenever recruits would come they'd be like well he's doesn't have a good family he doesn't come mm. from a good family he doesn't have this doesn't have that he's you know he gets in fights you know and you would get those scouting reports back that said that well that might hit my coach in high school would be like oh they you know they don't they don't like that you fight all the time but then i would was go your to coach these, a good guy yeah yeah i'd go to these camps though and just dominate demolish people yeah started getting i committed as a junior so, so do they you were coming do you, you know? do you was there any time in this high school process where because you got you got negative feedback from the fam and then you're sort of getting like shit on from these recruiters again and i think a normal person goes a different direction they get angry they get they get um 
mad you you did so do you, you that's kind of where you dug your heels in you're like fuck this it well, motivated you that's the that's the thing like everything i do when i do something i love it when people think i can't yeah because i do it in spite yeah yeah so like my stepdad used to always tell me like you're never you're never gonna make anything of yourself doing this shit like when i remember i was like 13 like that same year like 13 14 did you send him a bottle of champagne when you got no, drafted I sent him shit. <laughs> I sent him shit with him like, like a, a box of like, I've, never, yeah. i've never given my i've never given bottle. my family a cent i was actually Nothing. curious have you heard from him since because you know i mean fuck even the first time i ever fought on tv everybody thinks you're rich if you're on tv i, yeah. I have people come out of the woodworks like hey how you been man it's been forever like did I they mean, come out of the woodworks like no. you're making money now like my mom does my mom tries like she she tries to guilt me into doing stuff all the time i'm like no yeah like, good I'm for not, you bro like you're lucky you're lucky that i even having a conversation with you yeah like you're lucky i even speak to you yeah because you know? uh you know that was a big step for me to even have a conversation with her do you think you've reconciled that as a person like all that sort of trauma yeah I mean, I, do you ever really? No. All the way? It doesn't ever really leave. You know, it's always with you, but I just try not to live in it. Yeah. You no, know, I don't want to live in that trauma and, and punish my punish my family. Yeah. For, I think for me, like with my dad, I got pretty forgiving at a certain point because when I started a company, I went through all these trials and stuff, and then you're trying to raise, in my in my case, in your teammates on at Coeos and Fitzoda, and you're trying to develop people. You realize, especially if your my dad had trauma. I know he got the shit kicked out of him by his dad, who was a World War II vet who came home fucked up. Yeah. And uh, part of me just forgave him because I was like, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He was fucked up. And I think I reconciled it that way. Like, uh, yeah, he was. You were just a train wreck who got beat up and never dealt with your shit. And but then you take the other side of the coin, right? Like, I'm not a very forgiving person. We know that. Um, You're very loving, though. Yeah. I, I like the people I like, the ones I don't, I don't like. Yeah. Um, but you, it's easy to come up with an excuse like that, I guess, would be the other side of the coin. But then you have somebody that, like, mans up and changes the cycle. So, like, why didn't they change the so cycle? So did I. I just got to this point. Yeah. I read this book once. The title's kind of weird. Um, when I first moved to Colorado, I got saved. And like you, I go deep into everything. And when I got saved... Uh, saved. yeah when i when i found jesus when i <laughs> when i found spirituality i just went into it because i was always looking for that answer something felt incomplete and i when i went deep i started reading every subtext on the bible i'd go to marriage seminars even though i wasn't married to try to learn how to be in better relationships i just went in and one of the books i read was by john bevere it's called bait of satan terrible name but his point of the book is unforgiveness will destroy you. Oh yeah. Right. And so I read this book and it was right when my dad died and I was like, you know, I fucking, and don't get me wrong. There was points of where I was like, I hate you. Like I want to, I, there's a lot of, of my shit is because of you. But in that moment, reading this book and going through all this stuff, I was like, I'm just going to try to process it. I did. And then I forgave him. And I was like, to me, that's the best revenge. Like, dude, I forgive you and I'm going to move on. I'm still mm -hmm. hurt by it. And it's compartmentalized now, but I'm going to go live my life without all this, like, hatred yeah it's yeah. not gonna do me any good yeah. yeah i mean i guess yeah it's i don't negative. live like it's negative energy yeah i don't live hateful i just forget about people you know mm. like i mean sometimes <laughs> <laughs> listen but it's motivating to me yeah. i'm like you man like even before every fight i go out and i think about all the people that want me to lose or don't like me or anything and i'm like all right i'm gonna show you motherfuckers Brother, there's, yeah. so, there's so many times building this company Derek. when we were on a couch gina gina the co-founder who's our lady boss here we went through so many trials in this thing where it would have been easy for me to quit, go back to finance, make a million a year like I was doing when I was 27. And the one thing that's kept me going in this even is people going, you're never going to make it. It's never yeah. going to work. It's never going to happen. Who do you think you are? That still drives me to this day. Yeah. I think there's two kinds of people. I think one type of person that breaks them, they can't handle that. And then the other side, it motivates you. And you it's know? fear. Yeah. The fear of the unknown. Or failure. Like people are terrified to fail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just think about when you were a kid, that first time you had to like talk to a girl. <sighs> Terrifying. Bro. But if you but after you did it, <laughs> right? After you just went up and did it, or like like for me, like we used to do this is random, but we used to jump off of like stripper you know what a stripper cut is? Mm -mm. So like back in uh the back in the Appalachian Mountains, they do these like stripper cuts where they go in, in the fifth forties and fifties, they went in there and they're strip mined everything. Mm. So there's these big holes with oh, clips the on the side. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. And it's cut. filled with water now. Mm. And we used to just like, it'd be like a 50, 60 foot cliff and we just go Huck. launch off of it. Yeah, yeah. Just send it off there. And like, I just think about like those times where I was standing there like, man, my, everything in my body is telling me not to do this, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. And then after you do it the first time, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. After yeah. That. So you, it's about just diving in and doing it and not being afraid to fail. Like 
all right, I could die, but what if I don't? It's going to be epic. Right. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people are terrified of failure and are terrified of criticism and terrified that they're terrified of it. Like they live in that fear. So they do what's comfortable. It happens in leadership too. I was talking to Sharon about this the other day. It happens in companies. People don't want to make decisions because they're afraid ultimately make the wrong one. When really that's all this thing is, is a bunch of bad decisions that led to you figuring out the good ones yeah. and then yeah. just being able to deal with it. Yeah. And a lot of people don't learn from their mistakes either. Like they just continue to do the same dumb shit that they've been doing and wonder why nothing's changing. Yeah. So, I mean, Isn't I think like the definition in a, of insanity is doing yeah. the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yep. Yeah. I think that's my hang up in this whole challenge thing is like a fear. No, I know. We, on we saw it when we were talking about it. You were thinking about losing your paycheck because that was part of it. If he doesn't do it, he loses his paycheck. And he's like, well, I'm not going to be able to afford to do that. And I was like, you're thinking about losing. We immediately both yeah, went in. You're on already it. lost. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know. He's like, I know I got you because you're already thinking about losing instead of like, well, I'm going to make a fuck. I would have upsold me. I would have been like, yo, how about we double the wager? If I do X, you give me 20. I would have already been spinning like. Right. How can I make, how can I advance even more on right. this. Like, how can I, I even called out, I was like, I got a fear yourself. mindset right now. Like what's going on? on? You got to bet on yourself, right? Like if you don't, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in yourself. So Our I just always hacks. like, I just always, my whole life, I always be- just believed that I would, I'm telling you, man, like even when I was in school, like these elementary school teachers would be like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm like, I'm going to play in the NFL. And they're like, well, you know, that's probably not going to happen. Let's tone it down, Mr. Wolf. Like that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. Easy. Yeah. How about you turn your homework in first? Yeah. How about you get your homework <laughs> turned in? You know, yeah, yeah. like I had a teacher one time, like I forgot my, I didn't do my homework and like, she didn't know what was going on in my house. Like who knows what the hell went on the night before that? Why I didn't have yeah. my homework done? Like, then she like took my back, my book back and like threw it across the room. All my papers went flying everywhere. And she was like, kicked me out of class and stuff. And she was like, what are you going to do in the real world? I was like, I'm going to play in the NFL. I'm going to have millions of dollars. Leave me alone. Like, and she was like, you need to wake up. Like, Shout out to Wolf's fifth grade teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like those people are sitting around like one day, see you come running out of the tunnel and they're like, well, fuck me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he got me. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's, you know, like my, when I was a senior in high school, we had a new principal and he was like trying to make an example of me all the time. Like he tried to suspend me from school because he heard me saying the F word in the game during a game. And I'm like. <laughs> It's football. I'm like, dude, it, we're playing football, bro. Like, get, we're not, I don't, we, I go to a public school, first of all. Yeah. Like, this isn't. <laughs> pump the brakes. Uh, yeah, pump the brakes, buddy. Like, you're not going to. Hogwarts. Me. Yeah. <laughs> they, they tried, it's not Notre Dame. <laughs> they tried to, so like, they tried to, they tried to ruin everything for me. The, the superintendent, I had to get a lawyer and everything for all the stuff that they were trying to do. In they high tried, school? Yeah. Because they were trying to like sabotage everything for me. But who gave, see, again, that's one of those moments where you have a maturity level that I don't think people would have. Like, you guys know authority bias that they've done those the psychological studies that if they'd have two people in a room, they go, Hey, if you hit this button and you get the answer wrong, this guy is going to get shocked. But because they had told him to do it, the, the, basically they were proving that if an authority figure tells you to do something, people will shock someone almost to death. Yeah. And to, to and I think it's even more prevalent in kids. That's I why just it's like buttons. <laughs> I'm pushing the button. <laughs> That's got to be a new I just sound like bite. Like, yo, so so who who told you to get an attorney? Like, where did that? Where did the so, wisdom come so from? So I was a wrestler, and one of my re- one of my one of the guys that we used to come in because there's not like so cripple most high school kids' brains. They'd be like, all right, you win. Yeah, but I wouldn't th- back down. I was like, no, they wanted to give me like a ten day suspension, and then that would mean I missed all the finals. That means I missed the clearinghouse. That means my scholarship is void. So oh, you man. so you so you had a guy, a homie on the wrestling team. He was a yeah. He so. Like you know how it is in high school. Like there's not a bunch of heavyweights running around that can come and come in there and right. work the out. Older guys I'm an all state wrestler. Like I got I'm trying to go to state and win state and this and that. And so they brought in like you know grown ass men mm. to wrestle with me. Yeah. Uh, you know. Couple, so it was a guy who had some life experience. Yeah. So mm. it, but he was a lawyer, and uh, so my wrestling coach kind of told my football and wrestling coach told him what was going on, and he was like, "All right, I'll help him. Like you know, we'll get through this." And see we, again, that's one of we those. We went into negotiations with the principal, and so. <laughs> What a fucking So prick. this whole thing started over. Like what acts did what acts did this guy have to grind as a principal Here's to try the, to the shit super on you? The, super in, the superintendent told me that she was trying to be motherly and teach me a lesson. But the lesson was about a van like that we take for like wrestling events, right? So like these tournaments we go to, we get on a van and we all go and in that van uh, they're all pieces of shit vans. Like they're all falling apart anyways. Yeah. The air vents are always falling out of them and shit. So like we're like throwing the air vents at each other, but it was like a two second event where like an air vent fell out. I threw it at our 160 pound wrestler. He threw it back at me and I plugged it back in. That was it. Yeah. So turn, I get called in the office and he's got a whole box full of vents. And he's like, you destroyed school property. You're suspended for 10 days. And I was like, 
Wait, this, so the principal was a dude? Yeah. Okay. And the superintendent was a lady. So uh, <laughs> this, this guy, this guy suspends me. So I, I tell, obviously I call my coach and I'm like, this is going to fuck everything up. Like I'm going to, like, I'm all, my GPA is not high. All right. right. Like I'm relying <laughs> on my GPA to stay right here. Cause my ECT, it's a sliding scale. Yeah. Your ECT and your, and your GPA have to be like a certain uh, point for you to pass the clearinghouse. And I was like, look, I'm right there on the edge. Like if I don't get to take these finals, I'm going to go have to go play it like a, at a Juco, Juco or, or something, something yeah. like, and that's going to suck. And I'm going to probably get lost in a mix and do something stupid. Right. Um, that was the other decision and maybe picking a call. I want to go somewhere. I was going to play right away. Cause yeah. the red shirt was going to not be good for me. And uh, so anyways, we go into negotiations with them. They pull up in a van that I wasn't even on that van. It was a different van. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a, not the right van. That's not the van. I was I'm on. just trying to understand someone's point of view of like, first of all, these two people speak to the manager everywhere they go. <laughs> this is, is these people remind me oh, of someone who like, your point no, me. they're always speaking to the manager. Like, yeah, Chris is like, excuse me. Can I, what? Like, what? <laughs> it's so crazy though. Manager like I'm trying to that. think of these two people and like why at a certain point I'm like, well, why do we care? Yeah. To go into negotiations with, we had to negotiate because they didn't want to be embarrassed because they were wrong. So they were like, okay, well here's, they kept coming back to me with these. Well, how about two days of suspension and then three days of it? You can make up. How about fuck you? I was like, no, how about uh, none? And I said, how about you give me three days off of school and I get to make up all the work (laughs) and I get to take the test with the teacher by myself. Mm. And that's what I got. Nice. (laughs) Okay. So it all worked out. They're like, we got him. Yeah, that's another moment too. Like we were talking about odds, like the odds of that lawyer being there for you, having your back. That's crazy. Don't worry. I put uh, pebbles in the valves of his tires. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Multiple, multiple days. (laughs) What does a pebble do in your tire? You put it in the air valve and it releases the air. So he's got a flat tire. So I didn't like poke a hole in it. He just had to fill it up with air. Yeah, it pushes the valve down. So it's constantly leaking. Got him. I mean, I heard. (laughs) I I wouldn't know from experience. (laughs) So, so that's crazy. So uh, it's crazy that you just had the fortitude. I think it would have broken a lot of kids. Well, I come from where I come from. They call it the heroin highway right along the Ohio river, the Ohio Valley. There's a lot of guys that I went to school with that I, you know, I looked up to that, you know, one of my best friend, Jimmy, uh, you know, RIP Jimmy, but he passed away from a heroin overdose Man. and he was a all state wrestler, all state football player, division one athlete, um, goes to college. He never drank in high school. He didn't do any of that. He was like a solid dude. Like he just was a really good influence on me and, then he goes to college and like gets introduced to Adderall and all this other stuff and, you know, alcohol. And next thing you know, he's getting concussions and, you know, cause they're using him like a ramming, you know, just a battering ram. He's going to at Cincinnati too. No, he was at um, Youngstown state. <clears throat> um, but he, he gets kicked out of school, gets a DUI, punches a cop, you know, that type of deal. He gets kicked yeah. out of school. His parents spend all this money to get him out of that trouble. And then uh, one, like, I don't know, he started taking painkiller. I think it started with Percocets. And yeah. Then, you know, it starts with Vicodin, Percocet, and then Oxy, and then they can't afford the Oxy anymore. So then they're on the, on the heroin and then they take a bad dose of heroin. It's got fentanyl in it and they're dead. And, uh, that's kind of the way it happened. And it was like, see, know. that's the crazy part to me. You're, you're one, you're sort of one bad decision away possibly in life to going down these weird fucking rabbit holes that are just dark and it can yeah. end it all. It's called the heroin highway because there's so much heroin done in that valley. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's where my, where I grew up, it's where West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio all meet. I did a comedy show once in West Virginia. Really? I sold my first company and then did stand up all over the, and I, <laughs> I did this charity event with a bunch of New York giants. Um, I can't remember the one guy's name who you'd probably know, but yeah, I did a, I did a, I did a comedy show in Wheeling, West Virginia. Yeah. At, uh, the, an hour north of that. Oh, nice. At the, it was called the Yacht Club. Not a Yacht Club, if you're wondering. <laughs> no. um, the first 10 minutes of my bit were making fun of the Yacht Club <laughs> on this dirty river. Uh, dirty. Power plants all up and down that Yeah, river it was too. gross. It's disgusting. In Wheeling. Yeah. Uh, not my typical audience coming from Denver. Yeah, they didn't get like the mushroom jokes. And, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Don't it was Patagonia up there. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I, I did like West Virginia though. Like it's beautiful. The Appalachian mountains. Appalachia yeah. is beautiful. Beautiful. It, it was dope. The Appalachian trail. Appalachians. But like, but like the industry there is dead. There's no, like the coal, the coal mines are dead. The steel, what really what happened in the nineties with NAFTA, it just destroyed the steel yeah. industry. And uh, there was a lot of steel mills and there's like, it feels depressed when you go there. Oh, it's depressing. Yeah. Very depressing. And, uh, you know, and I love going back every now and then cause it reminds me of where it like, Cause honestly, when I left there, I said, I'm never coming back to this shit. Like I'm yeah. never going to, I'm not going to be living on a farm, 
you know, doing grunt work my whole life. Like, I'm yeah. just not going to do it. Like, you I'm think you'll stay in Colorado for life? Yeah. Dope. Definitely. This yeah. place is a shit. Oh, I love it. Here. Yeah. It's great. So jumping back to retirement, you saw a little bit of anxiousness. Um, like what's next, man? Well, I mean, I, I want to do some media. I want to get into some media. Um, I'm doing a lot of hunting. Uh, hunting has been a good transition for me because it, we were talking about the camaraderie earlier. Yeah. When you go into a hunt camp with a couple guys, you know what I mean? There's camaraderie built in that camp, right? Like we're it's all the shared. Um, sorry. It's the shared agony that brings men. <laughs> it no, it is. is. It is. It's yeah. shared agony that brings men together. It is. That's what it is. When you, when you grind together, mm. like you go through a, a hard time and grind together. Like some of my best memories and worst memories are in the same same memories like yeah. some of these Summer training camps, camps i've been through some of these like two-day camps that i've been through as a kid in in high school and in college like before they made these rules all these we had a three-day once one summer oh we had all kinds of dude, we used to have an ambulance at our high school two-a-days because people were passing out left Fucking and right nuts. you know we'd just run gassers until somebody fell over tons and, of hitting too i was just like defensive oh, camps just three, three practices of just bashing into each other do you remember when they would send a, they would do the sideline drill you just have yeah. a guy run up the sideline and you go angle tackle him yeah like nuts what the hell that was my it's favorite like, drill. run up there maddie <laughs> yeah or Oklahoma's or Oklahoma like, drills dude. and uh, bull in the ring drills. Like just, all right, you're going to go out in the ring and we're just going to call out numbers and they're going to come in there and ram you in the head. Smash you to yeah. pieces. <laughs> yeah. And it, those Oklahoma's were never like fair too. And they did like a whole team one where you're like bashing into a receiver. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's never bloodbath. <laughs> well, co- in college, we used to start practice off and he, our, our head coach would call two guys out there and make them just, we'd line up five yards apart from each other and run into each other and whoever gave ground lost. Yeah. Trying to kill each other. It's like, dude, what the... <laughs> two, two times a day for three hours. Yeah, just doing that all day long. Sadism. So you become like, you become like this like controlled serial killer, yeah. right? Like, it's I never like, thought of it that you're way. You're a killer, man. Yeah. Like, you have to be like... It's the same thing with fighters. Like, yeah. you're going... Like, I always... I have so much respect for fighters because you're going out there into a cage and... You, it's not just like boxing, right? Like, bo- I've got a lot of respect for boxers too, but like, they're just worried about getting punched, right? Right? You're worried about getting kicked, punched, choked, taken down, broken, bones. elbowed in the face, like kicked in the head, like all that stuff. Like, that's so much shit going on. So it's like that's a real, like that's a real fight, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's same crazy. thing with like combat veterans, like these special forces guys that go in there with like six of them. Right. And they're fighting with like fighting against like 150 dudes. So, so nuts. Yeah. And then the, it's like close combat. And then society expects you to just be like normal outside of that though. You know, like you were saying a lot of the veterans coming back, these guys are over in like Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff like in war and they come back and have to get like a regular job and And they're they're used to getting shot at shooting people, blowing shit up. Sell insurance now. Yeah. And then you're supposed (laughs) to sit in a cubicle and be like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And not be disruptive. You want to get get salads for lunch? (laughs) Everything about the, everything about the way that our society is set up is like, it's setting you up to be like a, a beta male. Yeah. Right? Mm. Like they don't want, like think about the attack on masculinity that's happening. Like it's they crazy. don't want you to be a masculine guy. No. Right. They don't want you to be like an alpha male. They want you to be like reserved and quiet and like, Oh, don't be aggressive. Like, what does it mean to be masculine? I think being masculine is being like, you're a protector. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like, all right. So being, um, being masculine, right. It's like, as a man, you need to be able to like, at a drop of a, it's like controlled chaos, right? Like you have to be able to protect your family and kill someone if you have to, Mm. but you control that, right? Like I would, if somebody like stepped close to my daughter and tried to touch her, I'd fucking kill lights out. Yeah. I'd kill him. I wouldn't even like, I don't care what you do to me. I'm killing them. They're going to die. Did you hear uh, Jordan Peterson once said two things to your point? One is Jordan Peterson once said that what makes the world beautiful is when men become who can become maniacs. I think he used that word, but who become savages, but can, can, can control it. Control, the only yeah. reason we have a, a basic society that runs on some rules is uh, there's people who know there's maniacs out there who could wield a ton of power, but they don't. And then the second one was to your point in these military men. And I think this attack on masculinity is, and the only reason people get to complain about it is because there's a great wall around this country protected by savage warriors but the the saying is there's no paradise without walls right yeah. and there are men on those walls standing in the gap for your family for the country and part of the only reason you get to complain about it is because yeah it's protected it's protected but yet they, by savages and yet they deem you like not really fit for society anymore right like you can't even worse is anymore. we have no there's no like great pension or like 
guys who are Navy SEALs should get a million dollar like annuity payment for the rest of their lives. Yeah. They don't get paid shit. Yeah. I know. It's fucking crazy. They don't take care of those guys. It's nuts. They don't take care of them. They come back. These guys come back with no legs, no arms. Like they get blown up and yeah, they're just driving down the street in a Humvee and get blown up. You know what I mean? They got like, I have a good friend. He's got burns over 90% of his body. He's missing a leg. Was he a special forces guy? uh, He's a Marine. And he's just like, dude, his attitude is so awesome. Like, he's just, oh, like, I love being around him because his attitude is, like, contagious. Like, he's just, just makes happy. You really, yeah, he's just always in a good mood. That's like, awesome. no matter what, he's like, oh, he's like, he gets dehydrated, like, 10 times faster than anybody else, you know, because his skin is all, is burned and it's, like, sucking yeah. all the moisture out. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. And Wait, just, so if you get a burn, a bad body burns, you get more dehydrated. Yeah, quick. And he, li- he lives down in Texas and he's like, dude, it sucks. Like, but yeah, it is what it is. You should get him some, send him some fits. That's what I was yeah. thinking. He, he would love it. He would, dude, I would yeah. love that. He would love it. He's a great dude, man. He's fucking solid. Like to your guys' point too, it is crazy too. You're right. Like you, like you ask all these athletes from the time you're seven, since you were young to do this thing, to be a fucking savage. And then it ends and no one gives a shit. No, which is sad to me. It's crazy to me. That's yeah, why I have such a big life. heart for athletes. That's why I keep life. asking you about this retirement thing. Like what's net, but even the teams, it feels like, like it feels like there should be more education for even in the UFC. Like it feels like a guy like Dana should be like, we're going to set aside some time. And I know we've joked about it. You get a bunch of UFC guys in a room in a classroom and it turns into fucking chaos. I get, yeah. like, I get it. And that was real. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, but I, I don't know. I just have this big heart for our, if I were a bigger part of the NFL or whatever. And I, I know they, I know they try these programs, but they, there's a big heart for like, I, I'd love to have a fit. So university one day where the athletes who want to come, we create all these tools for them that when it's over, it's not just about the money. It's about your mindset. And right. what skills. do you, like, like, like when we used to teach retirement, it's, bro, it's too late. It's too late by then. Yeah. It has to say. start in school, in high mm. school, in middle school, like in middle school, starting in middle school, they need to start teaching financial literacy instead of teaching. Yeah. Parallel gender you are fucking like, taxes, trying to confuse shit. you on your gender. They need to be teaching you how to like do your taxes, right. how to, how to manage a checkbook. Yeah. Yeah. How to like manage your money. Right. Yeah. Like, like let's focus on that kind of stuff to advance our society. Wait, so you think it's too late, even if you're you're you get them young in UFC or, or NFL to start teaching those concepts. Like for instance, we're like we used to teach retirees, like we'd be managing money and we go, Hey bro, you've been an engineer your whole life. It's gonna end soon. We have your financial part taken care of. You're gonna take five hundred grand a year tax free. We got that part covered. But we used to have them come to the office and do these special classes with psychologists and stuff where we'd be like, You're gonna have to pick something else to be involved in or you're going to be that person who dries up and dies. Yeah. And so we used to try to teach, Hey, let's start thinking about a plan for your, your activity level. Right. What are you going to do next? We need a person. You think it's yeah. too late after that? Or like in the NFL, I'm, I'm, you talking to, I'm just saying about, I'm just talking about the financial literacy side. Mm, yeah. Like same. Teaching like that's the first step. Yeah. Right? Teach guys how to really be like literate in this stuff. Cause it's, it's a, it's an, evol- it's a con, it's a moving target, right? Like, yeah. You always have to be learning something when it comes to finances and taking care of your money and learning and managing your own money. When you come in a league, they, it, it seems like, okay, I'll get a financial advisor. I have an agent. Like these guys, none of these guys will take advantage of me. They're all, we're protected by the shield of the They're NFL. The first right? guys to take advantage. They're the of first you. ones. Yeah. Like the first person to take advantage of me was my financial advisor. When I got to the league, he, he tried to sell, he tried to get me to buy a car and he was getting a kickback, like a $30,000 kickback on a car. And I'm like, Fuck. I find out and fire him. Then I think he ended up going to jail. Like not for that situation, but for some other shit that he did. Bro, you yeah. told a crazy story too about someone embezzling close to you a million dollars yeah, out of your account. He was, I mean, close, close to me. Like I consider them brothers. I did. Man. Fuck. Yeah. What was that confrontation like? They tried to deny it, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, it's right here." Dude. Like I, I, like I'm, I'm like Chris. Like once you're, once you're, he's you're they're dead. Just to dead. Me. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Just dead. Like they just might as well be dead. Like whatever. Fucking <laughs> million bucks. Yeah. One point three million dollar check they forged. Fuck. And I got all that by recuperate, but my wife caught it. I would have never caught it because I thought like, why would these guys take advantage of me? They know what I've been through. They like, what did they do with it? They invested it into like a uh, class B apartment building that, uh, I ended up having like, you know, when they did the, the next cap call, I yeah. was going to be responsible for another 1.3 million Fuck. on the next cap. Oh, so they forged even an operating agreement. with yes. Wow. Yeah. They were oh, forging shit. letters and names and they were in my emails. Do you, you boys know what a cap call is in an, an operating agreement in OA? It's a way for partners to technically you could, you could put it in there for a lot of reasons, but one of them being, you can get more equity in a deal. So if, if I think a guy can't come to the table, I might 
put a capital call provision in a contract. I can push that envelope and knowing if he doesn't have the money, I can get force more equity in my favor. I can, it, it's kind of a, it dilutes, it's a bargain. They can, they can, you either pay more or, or your you equity diluted. is diluted. Yeah. It's like, yeah. say you bought in, say you bought, say that one point, I think that 1.3 gave me like, uh, I was getting good dividends, but like, I didn't want to be up on, I didn't want, I didn't want to have to put another 1.3 down yeah. on like my dividends were already good, but that means on the next building I was, uh, it was on the next building that he was doing. How are they going to make money in the deal? They were getting kickbacks. Uh. Yeah, they were getting kickbacks from the actual from the developer, and the developer was like totally down to give me my money back because he's like, "I'm sorry that this happened. Like, I didn't know that you weren't even involved. Like, he was, he was a great guy. Like, yeah, yeah. And, they had to have been forging all kinds of paperwork. But he was. It's like, not like you just hand a check and like here you yeah. go. Like, but they they were going to get kickbacks. They were going to get a, and that that next cap call was coming. Up. It was going to be in two years. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't. Yeah. Fuck. That's a ton of cash to just pull out. You know what I mean? One. People don't realize how much cash that really is. You know? That's a yeah. ton. There's a ton of cash after tax before taxes. That's 2.6 million for me. By the way, I hope all of you listening to this podcast one day have enough money that if someone takes a million from you, you wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> I wish that for all of you. Right. Yeah. But, and, well, well, I knew, so here's what it, it was. I thought that money was, I thought that 1.3 million was being moved into uh, an investment firm, uh. but they, but one of my buddies, he was working for an investment firm. He was a financial advisor for them. Lied about his CPA. Lied about all this shit. Fuck. Right? Lied about all this shit. And How much was their kickback? Like, why was this worth it to them? Was it, it was like a million bucks back to them? Did, were they? Did I don't they, know. I don't even were they know on how the much paperwork? they were back. I don't even know how much they were getting back. I don't know. Fuck. But it took like a That's whole a year to get sentence. all that stuff figured out. Did yeah. they go to prison? No, I didn't. I didn't press charges? I didn't press charges against them, no. Yeah. yeah. We've had people do that in this company. Really? Just like people we thought were family, we brought in, um, you know, we, we built enough trust where they were, they had check writing ability because again, as the company grow, uh, it's the people closest to you, man, that we, we considered a couple of these people like, like family and they started forging checks. Yeah. We, 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 we did press charges oh, that yeah. per, those people got lucky during COVID. It, it just got lost in the sauce. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy what people and the, the amounts they took from in our case were so like it was almost like you could have just asked. Right. You could have just pitched it to me or at least like we could have negotiated. I would have probably given it to you. Well, that's the thing. Like why didn't we talk why didn't they just talk to me about this deal, right? Like why don't we just talk about the deal that you wanted to invest me in and we could have like come to an agreement. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing I was building a house and like they they're supposed to have the loan done for me. And they were like trying to use Quicken loans for a three million dollar loan or a two and a half million dollar loan. <laughs> quick and loans. Like, what are you guys doing? Like they don't give loans on, on that. I almost, I got, <laughs> they I got the general I was, for cash. I was now. locked in with Wells Fargo at like 2.6%. Like that's free money basically. You know, so was, this in, was this in like the last couple of years? This was in 2016. Yeah. yeah. 2016, 2017. That's right. So we got 10 minutes left with the wolf. You were saying hunting though. I know you're, we were just talking about this. So we talked about masculinity. What is that? I like your definition. Uh, there's an attack on it. Are you, are you tr sort of transitioning that into this idea that there's like an attack on hunt? I know there's an attack on meat. Like right. I only eat red meat. That's right. my diet yeah, me is too. red meat. Me um, and I think everyone should be a carnivore. I really do. Yeah. It's good for you. It's yeah. It's for amazing. Testosterone levels. It's yeah. it, almost, it, you'd look at like, do you follow Sean Baker? Any of these guys? Who yeah. Are like, yeah. You look at any of the medical research and it's people should be eating meat. Yeah. I mean, we've been eating it for thousands of years. There's a in reason why opinion, you, uh, in my opinion, at least a hundred thousand years, like yeah. man has been here eating meat. Yeah. And that's like, they think eating protein and fat is what also helped our brains evolve. Uh, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We still need it. Everything that we did, everything that we've developed has been as humans, right? It was a, to make it easier for us to get meat. Yeah. Like hunting tool, tools all started with hunting tools. There's also this too. Like I always, I always <laughs> argue point. with vegans. I'm like, like when you watch the show alone, which I love, then they're never like eating reindeer moss and like, Oh no. fuck this. But when they bite into a ribeye or like animal fat, their, their oh. brains just go, Oh fuck. Thank God. It's like one of my favorite scenes to watch. Like yeah. it, it like gets yeah. me off for some reason. Like they when they get a fish, <laughs> no, it does. Yeah. A fish and it's like, Oh, oh thank God. You yeah. know? It's like, Oh fuck. Um, but even like when you bite into a ribeye, your brain sends all these signals that go, this is what I'm supposed to be. Eating. Yeah. There's a reason Absolutely. why Yeah, you can like feel it running through your body when you're starving. Yo, so she went vegan once for a while and, um, <laughs> she was, she was like feeling, uh, like not good. And I was like, eat a steak. And she literally like four bites into it was like hyper. She was like, I can feel it like coursing through my yeah. veins. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, well, that, that's the thing. Like the, all these, all these, uh, 
and these seed oils and stuff that they're, these Bro. seed oils are terrible for you. All the soy. Might be the worst thing. I'm, Dude, we're vibing right now. <laughs> no, dude, best no, because like, like most protein bars, if you look at the if you look at the package, it has like sunflower oil or yeah. canola oil, or and they're destroying you. It's terrible for you. Yeah, Ter- absolutely terrible for you. It causes depression. And, uh, there's a lot of things to be said about hunting, right? Like uh, scientists. I don't know the exact scientists, but I know that science shows that diving d- diving into the wilderness for three days. No cell phones, none of that stuff. No contact with anybody really like having like that moment in nature. It's like, it can set you up for a whole year of success because it can, it can help with all the depression and anxiety Mm. and stress that like life brings to you. It can like decimate that for you. Bro, we just did a series on favorite part. Yeah. We just did a series on uh, play this idea of that we should play more often, not in like a detrimental way, but spending more time outside and all the statistics on um, how it raises cortisol, um, serotonin. Um, Dude, my favorite part of hunting really is like, I'll go up, get on top of like the mountain or something, find like a field that's good. You know, you can hide in the trees and everything and just sit there all day. Oh, just sitting dead there. silent, like by myself, you know, I go with, or used to go with buddies and we'd split up and everything. And I would just find a spot, you Chill. know, I move around sometimes, but just sitting there for hours and like, you can think through life, like all just kinds reconnect. of your phone doesn't fucking work. Nobody could no call EMFs. you wanted, nothing. Yeah, no seed oils. Right, none of that shit. Your none senses like pick up more. Too. Yeah, you like start hearing. I always, like, when I come back from from hunting, I always feel better. Like always, yeah, really, I always feel better. And my, even going on like hikes, right? Like I will go on these hikes, right? Just being out there on these hiking trails and stuff, like that's good for you. Yeah, like, that is really good for you to be out in nature, like reconnect with nature. And I think that I think that that's the the part of they want you to they like trying to all these things that they're trying to attack, right? They're trying to attack the whole family model, right? They don't yep. want like, they don't want women to be at home with their kids and raising their kids. They want them in the workforce and they want them. They don't want this like traditional home, right? They don't want men to be masculine and to be out hunting and, and doing the things that is literally in our DNA. Right. Like, like I have this, like, I feel like this calling, right? Like it's like a calling, like uh, the, the wilderness, like calling me to like, like come be in the woods, like get yeah. in the woods, get yeah. in the woods. Like when I'm feeling shitty and I go out in the woods, I feel better. Yeah. So I, it works. Even right? when you're hungry and cold and everything, it's yeah. still like something is good about it. Cause that's you know, the way it is out there. Like when you go up up there, like you're hungry and you're cold. There's a couple of times and you're when, hot and you're, yeah, you're never comfortable. No, you're never comfortable. There's a couple of times when Coyos was going real bad and I would get these like anxiety attacks. And I remember one day just going out to a park and just sitting in the sun and it went away. Yeah. Well, that's why, why are they pushing so much sunscreen on us? Right. Also like sunscreen, terrible for sunscreen, you. sunscreen, sunscreen. It's terrible for you. Like when yeah, did we ever wear sunscreen? Never. <laughs> like it's what the fuck? Never. <laughs> yeah. Never. It's all, I'm telling you, man, it's like the way that the way that they've the mainstream media and the, the way that they've pushed things on us and tried to sell us on things. It's all advertising. And yeah. Cause if you can demasculate, de-arm, uh, make you sick. Why are they taking our, why are they trying to take our guns away all the time? Why are they, why is the IRS buying $750,000 worth of ammunition every year? The IRS is buying ammunition. Yes. Yeah. What? I heard that millions too. of rounds of ammunition. They wow. Want, they want the people to need them. If we need the government yeah. like need need. Yeah. You know, they give us everything. Then they have full control. You know, Chris and I just went to a um, marketing seminar, but it was also based around real estate in Vegas. And one guy brought up the fact that um, hedge funds and banks and everything are the ones buying up all the real estate yep. across the country. Yep. Yeah. Remember him saying that? Yeah. And China's China buying, buying all everything. the land. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a little weird. It's a it's, little yeah. weird. By design, uh, eh? Control. Absolutely. It's people. all about control. They want to control everything we do, everything we see, everything we hear, everything we say. You got five minutes. But yeah, we talked about this in uh, with like uh, hallucinogens too. I mean, if you look at like, like right now, if I had a hundred million, like if we were to sell fit soda, one of the things I'd be heavily invested in is MDMA um, clinics yeah. where, where you can go and cause I think MDMA, LSD, mushrooms, fun to party on, fun to get inside on. I think obviously they're all going to be legalized soon, but I think MDMA more than all of them for uh, marriage counseling for, you know, I went through an MDMA therapy session and I, I've never, I've never been more clear in my life. Like it helped me solve 10 years of issues. But yeah. There's a reason why, like if you look at all the white papers on LSD, it was a huge thing. We know it's good for you. You, you can't OD on it. All these, it repairs neural pathways, but they won't let us have it because if you let people eat red meat and get sun on their junk, 
and take LSD, they're going to figure <laughs> does, some shit out. How does Big Pharma get theirs yeah. then, right? And we'll start to figure shit out. I mean, you start to awaken people's minds and help them sort through things. Oh, you mean the sheep are going to be awake? Yeah, that's not <laughs> good. That. Yeah. That's bad. Be following. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll rise up, huh? Yeah, that's, I, that, that's the thing. They don't want us to be... If they keep us separated and arguing about dumb shit so that we can't come together as as Americans, as human beings and like really solve the world's problems because they want to keep us separated so they can control us. It's been like that since the beginning of time, right? Like, bro, do you know why they created the Coliseum in Rome? Yeah. To keep the people happy, to keep the people happy whenever was, with all this other shit going on. It was Tyrus was the first guy to do the first hundred day of games. And he did it because he came to power almost through a coup and it wasn't bestowed on him. And he knew that if the people weren't distracted and if and if they if they were well fed and entertained they wouldn't rise up did you know that in the coliseum they wiped out like most of north africa's um northern africa they northern africa was was roman territory they wiped out most of their um elephant population lion population they killed over a million animals in the coliseum really it's bananas over a million jesus yeah they would literally have one of the gladiatorial fights would be like you're gonna fight a lion yeah today. they were called beast masters fucking crazy they were called beast masters and they were usually stressful getting in a fight with a dude <laughs> <laughs> like we're throwing a lion in here well the, i'd watch they, it there's stories there's <laughs> stories that there's uh, po- uh poets from from roman times that have written stories about these beast masters and uh i think one of the beast masters he had to fight like 20 different animals in a row so like Jeez. the first one was like a cheetah then a lion then a bear then a elephant then a like like bring out a chicken or something. Give me like, a little rest here for a second. And he's just out there with a spear. You That's know? a like, stressful day at work. Like he's not, there, like, <laughs> with, not like he's out there soon with a rifle. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's out there like... You know, what do you think that guy did when he got home? Did he have a beer? Was he like, well, he was playing to his wife? Well, right? guys, fucking long day at the office. Guys, well, they, well, it's the thing. Those guys were all slaves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a back in. So I think there was a million people living in Rome and I think it was a third were slaves. 300,000 people. It's nuts. Man. Place was crazy. It's a rough day. Well, Mr. Wolf, you got to go. Yeah, I got to go. I got a meeting. Thank you so much, bro. Hopefully this is the first of many. That was awesome. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was great.